Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is the podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Matthew. Today is episode 780, and we'll look at Matthew chapter 13, verses 54 to 58. Let's read the passage. He went to his hometown and began to teach them in their synagogue, so that they were astonished and said, Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers? Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother called Mary, his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? And his sisters, aren't they all with us? So where does he get all these things? And they were offended by him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown and in his household. And he did not do many miracles there because of their unbelief. This is the Gospel according to Matthew. Matthew's giving us this account of the ministry of Jesus. His desires that people would place their faith in Jesus and see that Jesus is the Messiah. He's presenting this teaching, preaching, and healing ministry of Jesus. We just finished the parable discourse. That's an extended teaching segment and is the third of the five discourses. Now, just before the parable discourse, we saw Jesus' family come to Capernaum. They seemed concerned about him. There was rumors that Jesus was under the influence of demonic spirits, uh, reports that Jesus wasn't eating properly. And so his family was there, and we're not really told what their motive was other than just concern. They wanted to see him. And Jesus used that event to give a lesson about the priority of fellow disciples as the true family. Then we went into the parable discourse. Now we're done with the parable discourse, and we move back to a segment related to the section on his family, because it's dealing with his hometown. Let's pick it up in verse 54 of chapter 13. He went to his hometown and began to teach them in their synagogue. Well, his hometown is Nazareth. Mark gives this same situation in Mark chapter 6, and Luke does it in Luke chapter 4. And both of them give a little bit more to this than Matthew does, because Matthew tends to condense things. He's not dealing with really the story aspects. His goal is to present Jesus as the Messiah. So he generally gives condensed versions that the other Gospels give. So he went to Nazareth and began to teach in their synagogue. And this is something we see often as he would travel town to town. He would go to the synagogue and teach there. And Matthew says, so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get his wisdom and these miraculous powers? Now, astonished, that seems to be a common reaction when Jesus teaches or when Jesus performs miracles. We see that people are astonished. They are amazed. But here they say, where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers? Now, where, they're not really asking a location. It's more what source of authority. And that seems to be a question that comes up often about Jesus. Who gave you the authority to do these things? Did you get this authority from God? Or did you get it from someplace else? And that was part of the accusations that seemed maybe to draw Jesus' family before the parable discourse was. So we're saying, he's doing these miraculous events, casting out demons by the power of demons. 
that's where he gets this authority. And so maybe they've heard similar things, but they're still pretty amazed. This is the hometown boy. We knew you when you were a child, and you weren't like this then that we recall. Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers? The wisdom they're seeing firsthand with his teaching in the synagogue. Now, the miraculous powers, did they actually see miracles? Now, verse 58, Matthew says he did not do many miracles there. Mark says he wasn't able to do many miracles, just healed a few people. So there was a limited amount of miracles done in Nazareth, but I'm sure they've heard about the miracles. And based on what Luke says, we'll look at that in a couple of minutes, it's, it's obvious they have heard of the miracles. Their question is, where did this come from? This, this guy grew up here in Nazareth. Continues to verse 55. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother called Mary, his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? He is the carpenter's son, the carpenter Joseph. Now, the word gets translated as carpenter. The, the Greek word's tekon, and it basically just means skilled worker. It can mean carpenter, it can mean stonemason, it can mean builder. So it was not a lot of detail as to what he actually did. Maybe he did all those things. And we don't see any mention of Joseph at hand. So likely, as we've seen before, the, the best guess is Joseph has passed away by this point in time. So he's already gone. But they remember he's the carpenter's son and mentioned some of his family members by name, his mother Mary. And the four brothers are named. Now, we don't see it in the Gospels, but we will see it later on. James, the brother of Jesus, becomes the leader of the early church. We see that in the book of Acts. That uh, fairly early in the book of Acts, James surpasses Peter in prominence and seems to be the primary leader of the Jerusalem church. Judas, the shortened form of that is Jude, and most people believe that he is the one who wrote the book of Jude toward the end of the New Testament. Then verse 56, and his sisters, aren't they all with us? There's no indication the brothers are still in Nazareth. They, they may or may not be. They may have moved to Capernaum the same time Jesus did. But the sisters, they obviously, as they grew up, they got married to local guys in Nazareth, and they're still there. We don't know how many of them there are. But he has a lot of siblings. They know his family. They knew him when he lived there. He had probably hadn't been gone all that long of a time from Nazareth. And continue. So where does he get all these things? The bottom line, this doesn't make sense. This is the local boy. And now he's running around performing all these miracles and giving all this incredibly wise teaching and making all these great claims about himself as the son of man. That doesn't add up. We don't get it. Verse 57. And they were offended by him. Now we step back. Why are they offended? They should be proud of him. Well, the word translated as offended. The, the Greek word's scandalizo, which where we get the word scandalize. But basically it means to put a stumbling block in place. They don't get it. It doesn't add up. This kid grew up down the street. And now he's this holy man of God. No, he didn't go to rabbinical school. He, he's just the kid from down the street. 
He doesn't meet their expectations. Now, we see a little more of the offense when we read this segment in the Gospel of Luke. And Matthew doesn't include that because he doesn't need to. Remember, he's just given the points. He went to his hometown and was rejected by his hometown. Luke, in chapter 4, starting in verse 16, says he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. As usual, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. The scroll of prophet Isaiah was given to him. And unrolling the scroll, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fixed on him. He began by saying to them, Today, as you listen, the scripture has been fulfilled. They were all speaking well of him and were amazed by the gracious words that came from his mouth. Yet they said, Isn't this Joseph's son? Then he said to them, No doubt you will quote this proverb to me. Doctor, heal yourself. What we've heard that took place in Capernaum, do here in your hometown also. He also said, Truly I tell you, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. But I say to you, there were certainly many widows in Israel in Elijah's days. And when the sky was shut up for three years and six months, while a great famine came over all the land, yet Elijah was not sent to any of them except a widow of Zarephath in Zidon. And the prophet Elisha's time, there were many in Israel who had leprosy, yet not one of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. When they heard this, everyone in the synagogue was enraged. They got up, drove him out of town, and brought him to the edge of the hill that their town was built on, intending to hurl him over the cliff. Yet he passed right through the crowd and went on his way. That's a fairly long segment out of Luke, but this gives uh, more light to the idea of their offense. It's not just that he didn't meet their expectations, but here he's kind of poking them in the eye at the scene in the synagogue where he says, I know what you're thinking. Those things you did at Capernaum, do them here. Do them for us. If you're really the hometown boy, then do something really special for the hometown. And he essentially says, no, that's not the way it works. These two great prophets of Israel went to non-Israelites. Elijah went to the widow who was a Gentile and took care of her during this famine. And Elijah healed the leper who was a Gentile, not someone from Israel. So here you have specifically great prophets of Israel ministering to Gentiles when there were plenty of people in Israel that needed stuff. So he basically said, no, I'm not going to do anything special for Nazareth that I wouldn't do for anyone else because my allegiance is to God and his plan, not to my hometown. And they got pretty upset with him. In fact, the point is, they want to go throw him off a cliff and kill him. They're so upset with him. So this gives a little more light to the Matthew's simple statement of they were offended by him. Yeah, they were really offended. They were mad. So he basically stiffed them in their eyes and said, hey, I'm not doing anything special for Nazareth. Yeah, it's my hometown, but God loves everyone. Back to Matthew, verse 57. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and in his household. This is a common 
proverb he quotes here that if familiarity breeds contempt is basically what he's saying. You can't accept somebody you know personally as somebody great. In verse 58, and he did not do many miracles there because of their unbelief. So here we're back to seeing reactions to Jesus. We saw the woes pronounced on many of the towns in Galilee because of their indifference. Here, Nazareth is outright hostility. It's hostility from the town itself, not just a group of Pharisees and scribes, but the town itself reacting with hostility. As an example of, they can't see what God is doing because they're so certain of their own perception of the world around them and how God acts. It's a warning to us. Be careful that we don't miss what God's doing because it doesn't fit the way we think God is supposed to work. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Matthew.